0: The following episode of Council of the First Ones was recorded on March 20th, 2014.
1: Special thank you to Hello and welcome to another episode of the Council of the First Ones. I'm Kelly, host of Toys and Tunes, an admin for the Great Rebellion. Joining me today is my fellow admin, Yoni. Hey Yoni, what's up?
2: Uh, not much. Playing with ponies.
1: Uh, still with your Twilight Sparkle and Trixie, huh?
2: Yes, and I've been playing with it glow-in-the-dark ponies today.
1: Yeah, I just found the uh, Ty Fluttershy pony, and she is really sweet. Also joining us is Resident Rancher Crespo. We- I got glimmer, I got glimmer. Okay, I need to find out who messed up. You weren't supposed to get Glimmer. Actually, I think they messed up and sent your Glimmer to Chris Sunday, and your and you have Chris Sunday's Glimmer.
3: Well, I hope he can get his Glimmer ASAP, because I really love that figure. I, yeah. I haven't stopped tinkering with her. Uh, heck, I've been playing with her too much that I've, that I've almost forgotten uploading pictures of her to the TDR page, which I did oh. last night.
1: Well, I actually felt bad for Chris. His uh, glimmer lost her leg. So he's been debating whether or not to contact Mattel for a new one, because he has a beautifully painted face. And then, of course, from Nerds on the Couch, we have Renee. How's everything down in Texas? And don't tell me that you're nice and warm wearing shorts.
0: Well, I am wearing shorts, but if it's any comfort, it's windy as crazy
1: over here. See, I'm waiting for the next snowstorm that's supposed to be coming in within the next few hours. Winter will eventually end. Well, this
0: storm is coming from
1: your end of the
0: country. It's hard to tell because we're fine over here. Well, I have to tell everybody winter will eventually end. But right now, you know, we're all getting ready again. Man, I got a busy convention season. I'm so
1: oh God, so do I. I start next week. So here, I'll be at the New Jersey Collectors Convention in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, on March ninth.
0: And Merge and the Couch are going to be at the Epic, at the uh, County Coliseum here in El Paso. And then we get a week off, and then i got to go straight back to uh, Sun City Sci-Fi.
1: Yeah, then I have the Asbury Park Convention, where I'll be catching up with a few of our uh, guests that we've had in the past. Chris Compa, who just announced this morning, his Kickstarter program for his first World's comic book just went through. He hit the mark as of this morning with nine days left to go. So he's really proud. And then, of course, Chris Falcone I'll be catching up also with at Asbury Park Convention. And talking about Motu movies, we finally got a short list of directors. So we might be getting closer to naming a
0: director, having a script, and getting a film done. Well, I said it many times. Until you have a director and you have a star, you don't have a goal. So I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, well, that's great and all, but give me an actual director and an actual star and then things will happen. Right now, I'm kind of just like, it's all falls under room.
1: If I remember correctly, this was
3: released by Sony. Well, they may have a short list of people considering to be a director until I don't get the trailer. I'm not going to worry too much about it because we've been, what, 14 years trying to get this movie to see if this movie ever gets
1: out? Sony has released that it's going to be, there you have it down to four directors. So. Well, one of them
0: is, uh, oh, I forget his
1: name, the
0: director of the Lego movie.
1: Yes, we have Mike Cahill, Chris McKay, Harold Zort, and Jeff Waldwell. I hope I didn't mess up his name too much. But one did do the uh, Lego movie, one did Kick-Ass 2, um, seeing what else, pulling up the rest of the information. One did Other Earth, and one did uh, Karate Kid, rebooted reboot of that.
3: Uh, I know which guy I don't want.
1: McKay is the one that did the Lego movie.
0: Okay, that's the guy I want. I well, each one I can imagine what they would do. In our podcast, we have a general consensus you get a director, you've got to have a director who loves the material. You need a guy who loves Masters of the Union and knows what's it about. Because if you get somebody who doesn't know anything, but yet they have a good reputation, you end up with something awful like Green
1: And as long as they keep Michael Bay far away from it, I'll be happy.
0: You don't like explosions and weird noises and things you can't even recognize on screen, moving at it in incredibly fast pace?
1: Why, he will have Tila over the, uh, attack track, washing it for 20 seconds. Guys,
3: guys, guys, we don't have to worry. Masters of the Universe does not have the U.S. Army, so we don't we have, have to worry about American that. The American Army. Well, we could, we could always have, um, well, I could name a few horrible <laughs> choices aside Michael Bay, so. Uwe Ball. At least, uh, Uwe Ball, Tommy Wasso, uh, oh yeah. John Chu already left, so. Yeah, that
1: was the best
0: gift of all when he left. I didn't think G.I. Joe.
3: Yeah, he gets a,
0: he gets a rep for the Justin Beaver movie, but come on, man. He whored himself out on that
3: one. He actually has more love for G.I. Joe than Masters, so Masters would have been a half-baked project. So, in a way, it's better than he had left, and he's gonna do Joe 3, which I really wanna see, cause he does have a knack for G.I. Joe. I just don't see him that well. Didn't see him clashing that well for Masters, so. In any case.
0: Wait, wait, wait. I just had a vision. M. Knight Shyamalan, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> oh,
3: God. The, the plot twist is. Adam, you're not the son of Randor. You are the clone of the sorcerer. <laughs> and Teal is the daughter of Randor. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
1: That would make a little sense why she's a redhead.
3: Queen Marlena's a redhead. Uh. I'd walk out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And Skeletor is Adam's mother. Because... Dun, dun, dun. No, don't mention Time Travel with Master of the Universe. Otherwise, we get a starring role with He Who Mustn't Be Named. Do you know, Jack? I'm not going to answer <laughs> it. I'll just read on a really cute bio about... Double Mischief, real name, Rebecca (laughs) Kettle. I'm sorry, I can't read that bio without without laughing. So somebody else, please read it for me, cuz. Oh, God, I'm almost dreading to
1: hear this bio. And I saw it. I was the one who took the picture.
3: All
0: right, I'll read it. We're looking at Double Mischief, which we know it's double trouble, glamorous, double agent, real name, Rebecca Kettle, heroic cousin of Glimmer, Rebecca is a princess from the Eternian kingdom of Greenglade. After her home was overrun by the horde invaders, she joined the great rebellion, using her forte for disguise to become a double agent in the armies of Hordak. She is very dexterous and can squeeze herself in almost her impossibly tiny spaces and climb the sheerest walls to carry out her mission. She is not much of a fighter, but her agility makes her a good dodger. No disguise is beyond her power. She can look like an aged king one moment or a horde villainous the next. She can also change her voice to suit her disguise as well, often talking herself out of the tightest situations. Double mischief fools her enemies as a spy for her Shira. Wait, did I read that right? Eternian Kingdom. See that's, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. that's been brought up a few
1: times. That's a typo. It should be Aetherian.
0: See I copied this straight from the uh, <laughs> from the
3: bio, but it's supposed picture. to be Aetherian.
1: It's been brought up a few times asking, is this a misprint? Because if it's not, that means there's more than one way between Eternia and Etherea besides the portal that's within
0: Grayskull. It could have been a time travel thing, you know, from the past. So it leaves a lot of holes. But boy, that name. I wish they would
1: stop trying to play with the names as much as they do. I I I
3: don't mind the Rebecca. But calling the kettle black. <laughs> but I don't mind her name being Rebecca. It's the kettle part that bothers me. If she's the princess of Green Glades, shouldn't be like Rebecca of the Green Glade. Or Rebecca uh,
1: Green. I could deal with that. This way it has a tie to the Green Green Glades.
3: Uh, I, I'm going to avoid talking about the huge, huge prices. right fail horn I hear. Every time I read the Eternian Kingdom of Green Glade when it's Ethereum. But everything it's, else has I, been... I'm looking even
1: at the official Eternian map. There's no Green Glades. That was on the Ethereum map. So it is a type yeah, file. It's
0: but already it, on the package and all that. Eh? Well, yeah, they, so...
1: they can put a sticker over it. They <laughs> put it on one other uh, file that they made a mistake on.
3: <laughs> Why don't we just... Why don't they just give us like a blank, a blank slate? We'll write our own bios and save ourselves the trouble. But everything it, that's here is from the style guide, if I recall correctly. So, cause I remember that we discussed the whole shape shifting, wall climbing, and.
1: Right. Cause she never did make it in filmation, but she is in the filmation of bio, um, Bible for Shira. So I'd say at one time they planned on using her. But never got to it, let me see if I can find it because I know uh James put it
0: on his blog spot well as a character it she works she's a it's It's a great concept character having a female master of disguise you know and I, overall her bio sounds good I mean she's a double agent she can be one thing or the other. We can take away the adult references when how <laughs> flexible she is. <laughs> disguising <laughs> but <laughs> but as a you know as a character I think that's a good character
3: no that that's the thing Unlike most of the princess of power bios like oh she's flighty she's a super special friend she likes exotic dresses uh, she reminds everyone she's a princess he's totally not gay stop saying that he's gay he's the straightest man in the universe This bio is actually useful. It tells you about the character, who she is, what does she do, and and it actually makes her, like, an awesome character that I would love to see in a future cartoon or comic, and I'm already preparing some jokes about Double Trouble's voice-changing ability. Hi, I'm Double Mischief. Where's Harvey then? And, like, I'm going to get her, like, a little fake mustache. I'm a master of disguise. I'm a man. But all jokes aside, this is one of the few bios that for the Princess of Power's side of Masters that doesn't make the characters feel a bit, like, too girly. Because we had Netosa with the whole, she loves exotic dresses, she's into her exotic accent, uh, Glimmer reminding everyone she's a princess, and obviously Bo, who's totally straight, because the bio makes three times the point that Bo is heterosexual, because he's the straightest man in the universe.
0: That can't get lucky. It's so unfortunate. He's a good-looking guy, and he's in a camp full of females. <laughs> and he's forever alone. It kind of reminds me of that analogy about a fistful of pardons. <laughs> but, uh, we're not that show. Sure. Uh, you know, aside from this, this is one of the few characters that you can see the storylines develop, especially when it you know when they go over to Eternia, the great struggle happening and all that, disguising for the horde, undermining things. I see a lot of potential here.
1: I can actually see her also teaming up with Manny Faces to really infiltrate because he's the same way, expert in disguises and all like that. They have the shared. Uh, common bond, I guess you would say, with blending in. So I can see her easily working her way in to our uh, universe. And I'm still looking for the formation thing on her. But like I said, she was not in formation. I think she was playing because she is in the Bible.
0: She was early on, wasn't she?
1: She never appeared
0: in formation. No, she, but I'll tell you about the toys. She wave, was one. One the early toys. She, wave 1. She was a wave yeah. 1. So I'm kind of shocked that they never used her in the uh, filmation because she's great. Yeah, she would have worked out beautifully.
3: Well, it's probably due to the action feature, which her changes were like happy face, angry face, happy face, angry face. And that lends itself to a lot of PMS jokes. And I'll just back away from that. I don't want any social justice warriors asking for my head.
0: But I do know she was used in uh, some of the uh, the Golden Boy books and. Uh, the golden. Yeah,
1: the Golden books yeah. and I think also with the uh,
0: Ladybird books. Yeah, so I'm a bit surprised she didn't show up. At least she was available and She could have been used. But maybe they just didn't find the right story for her. But then, you know, I <laughs> mean, the Star Sisters appeared in the cartoon.
1: Yeah, for a whole ninety seconds. Not even 73 seconds. It was
0: mostly like, hey, and Bo, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> basically, just to stretch Tall Star's neck, save, save someone's butt.
3: And Bo acting like a douche nozzle and all that because he found the magic wand. He was like, I'm a magician! I'm awesome! I'm running out of batteries. So,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll post it later. If I'm not, I'm sure our friend James will post again her, uh, official filmation bio right from the by bi- from the series bible so there must have been something why they didn't use her if she's in the character bios but let's get on to our next lovely bio
3: okay scorpia stinging horde enforcer real name linda dream or dream am I'm still not sure because it's the apostrophe, apostrophe reem. After watching Hordak ruthlessly take over the kingdom of Bright Moon, Scorpia chose to surrender her crimson-waist fiefdom to the new Conqueror, hoping it was better to keep Hordak as an ally than as an enemy. She is a member of the Scorpioni, a race of female-dominant warriors with claw-like hands and stinging armored tails. While a cunning warrior, she is inept in magic, always preferring hand-to-claw combat with her foes. Occasionally, she uses a powerful tank called the Crawler, which blasts sleep rays and sting lasers. When Hordak abandoned Etheria for a planet with greater natural magic, Scorpia stayed behind to rule her desert kingdom and hoping one day all of Etheria itself. Not a bad bio. Not that good. Not that uh, either. We've seen worse. Aside the weird... I know that the Linda part is a nod to Linda Gary, the voice actor who did Scorpia, which reminds me, I was mistaken. Melanie Britt did not voice Scorpia. This is an error from a previous episode that I'm recognizing I was wrong. But it's the d part, or the R'eam, or the or however you pronounce it, that bugs me a little bit. I
0: think that's another point. Um Somebody pointed out that the uh, rim Uh, was like a filmation reference of the character or some other thing that Linda was known for. But I I don't know. I just casually looked it up. Hopefully maybe somebody can count. I have a gut feeling that's what it is.
3: Probably. But the best part is that she's not a 5,000 year old loser. She was not brainwashed. And actually the whole I know people don't like the whole Scorpion Amazon thing but I mean it's a theory a world dominated Mostly by women. So scorpion amazons sound like a nice addition to the, to the world, but it's, it's, it's a vanilla bio. So that's a good thing in a way. Cause we don't have any shocking deaths. We don't have any weird events that shatter your perception of masters like Orco killing the snake men or anything like that. So it's a decent bio. And
1: in a way, I mean, she's still looking out for her own people, which is okay. This. Guys, winning right now, I'll team up with him. It could have been worse, where it could have been gruesome. I mean, I wish they would have added something about her jealousy with Katra, uh, because that would have been a nice throwback to the Filmation cartoon, because Scorpia and Catra never did get along, and they were always fighting whenever you saw them together.
0: My issue was that I wish they would have put a little more Scorpion essence into it, because Scorpions are very unique animals. They're territorial, they're they are aggressive. Some species are very aggressive. And
1: she is aggressive. That might be their nod with the yeah. Amazon. And you know,
0: and sometimes uh certain behaviors of theirs, like uh, they only mate for life or um, you know just, they just they they don't tolerate others. And I would have liked to seen that, you know, that she forcefully talk toler- you know, a little more scorpion References, I would have done. You know, that would have been my way if I was rewriting this a little bit. Because, really, it's, like you said, it's vanilla, and she could almost be anybody else here. Yeah, they could have spiced
1: it up a little bit. I mean, I understand this was a quick write, because most of the bios were written before they had the filmation rights, But there was a lot of filmation material on this
0: Character they could have really spiced her up. It would have been interesting with something like she hates males. Not to throw in like anything else, but you know since scorpions no, but... are uh, some scorpion species do kill their mates. You know like
3: praying mantises. Yeah, and and also she's an Amazon, so it would it would have double fit with the whole thing. Well, I'm glad they didn't go with the cursed
0: route because that was uh, somebody else has suggested by she was cursed and. It kind of went down the Medusa route. I'm glad it didn't go that way.
3: Yeah. Well, at least she wasn't she wasn't like a second born daughter. King His ate her daddy, and te- something something Technovirus made her that way. At least she's just an Amazonian scorpion. So... Wait,
1: I think you just gave the bio writers a new uh thing. They're going to go back and rewrite her, in her
0: bio now. <laughs> Well, to me, it was just too generic. You could have easily created somebody like called, you know, core general female name here, and I could have written this. and It could have fit into. I hardly see anything referencing that specific character. No, and there, there was plenty of material.
1: I mean, they could have included her bickering with Catra, which goes to the territorial part of the Scorpion, like you said, with her hating men also. I mean, there was a lot of room that they could have
0: really made that bio shine. Or, you know, it could have been doing uh, the opposite, saying she hated Fuchs because she considered them rivals. She planned to kill Adora before she turned, and now she turned her hatred toward Ketra. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: she mocked Adora. Oh, she's Hordak's favorite. We can't say things about her. That's right out of the very first episode of Shira. The first ten minutes of the film. First ten minutes of that episode, too. Yes. Yeah, so that that should have been thrown in.
0: And I would have liked to have thrown in something. Yeah, you know, I would have, now that it changes, changed my mind, I would have done. She hates female rivals as Scorpions do. And, she, and that would explain the
1: her problem with Catra.
0: She was planning on killing Abora, and now she is focusing on Catra. Right. Okay, so next Vibe. Okay, let's see. Blade. I do that one? Blade's one of my favorites. (laughs) You know what? Go ahead, because this is my favorite guy. I love this guy. Blade, evil master of swords. Real name, Ritter. A pirate from the Kylax system, Blade arrived on Eternia in a spell of light cast by Skeletor to increase his forces. Agreeing to join the Overlord of Evil for the right price, Blade sold his services and took part in the second ultimate battleground. Fighting blade to blade with He-Man himself on top of Viper Tower. He later traveled with a small renegade party paid to seek the cosmic key from its inventor. Although he failed in this mission, his deadly mastery of the sword has left his mark, becoming one of the most wanted men in Eternian history. Blade uses his dual swords to battle heroic warriors for the right price. They knocked it out of the ballpark. Yes.
3: No. No? What? What do you have against this bio? chronology well uh they should have put the movie before the ultimate battleground because otherwise it wouldn't it doesn't make sense that the mo- the events of the movie happened after the ultimate battleground because some people kick the bucket on the ultimate battleground and some of those who died appear in the movie but
1: yeah, they've got the cosmic key so they went back in time saved them brought them to the movie them Set them backwards so they could die again.
3: Well, that
0: and keep in mind, it's it's a whole different storyline. It's a whole different can view. Technically, you are right. Technically, the events of the cosmic key and notice they don't say Earth. Yeah, they they so technically it could have happened,
3: and that it might
0: explain like maybe their idea is that the Dolph Lundgren you saw in the movie was actually King He Man.
3: But now now that now I want to mention the most. Awesome fan theory moment of the bio. The mastery of the sword, his deadly mastery of the sword has left his mark. Which character has a sword inflicted mark on his face? King He Man. Yeah. So, does this mean that Blade is the one that slashed He Man in the face, and now he's got that huge scar on it? Sure, seems like it. I mean, oh yeah, it would be I good. The real name. It wouldn't make sense. It would. That's the best part of the whole bio. The, the only two nitpicks I have is the chronology, but in my fan continuity, I just flip them around and, and call it a day. It's one of the better bios. But the, we the have, real... We haven't
1: had a good bio in quite a long time. The
3: But the only real complaint I have is the real name. He just doesn't look like a Ritter to me. I, I hear Ritter, and I think, uh, Problem Child. <laughs> Don't you mean 3
0: something?
3: I, I, was, I was watching Problem Child recently, so that's why it just popped back into my head. But yeah, I could I could have gone with Three's Company, too.
1: See, I was thinking of uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the older brother.
3: Yeah, I was with Three's Company.
0: The, the bio, I mean, yeah, the name is... I really can't argue, because yeah, we have these connotations to it. Ritter is actually a plain, ordinary name. And there's nothing fancy, it's just Ritter. And again, a pirate from the Kallax system. We don't know what kind of, you know, his level of technology. We don't know, you know, did he come from medieval piracy? Because he doesn't have that much technology on. And I do like that they integrated the minicom into him. And like we mentioned last time, you know, this really ties into Ninjors, Because they came out in the same issue. as into that. But yeah, I do like the idea, you know, that, you know, that, that, People always debate it. who's more dangerous, Blade or Trike. And this guy <laughs> he scarred up evil.
1: I think it answers the question who's the better swordsman between those
0: two? And he's the most wanted man in Perniak. I wonder why. Messed up a pretty face.
3: Uh, it's okay. Spectre will just stop him when, when Blade is in middle school, again, in middle pirate school, twirling around sticks and swords. And Spectre's gonna go and kick him in the butt. And like, it's gonna be, don't be evil! Otherwise, I'll arrest you. No, but... I have to admit, Blade's bio is a bit... It's a bit super cool, which we haven't had in a time. And now let's go from super cool to super groan-inducing with the next bio. <clears throat> Goatman. horn-headed servant of Beastman. Real name, Clacky. A member of the Goatman from the Northern Mountains... Clacky's species is one of the only intelligent humanoid upright races that falls subjective to the hypnotic powers of the Beastmen. And like most of his species, Clacky was captured by the rulers of Divine Jungle and simply called Goatman by his beastly masters. Eventually, he found himself in the services of Hakil Khaz and was forced to serve in the second ultimate battleground. Here he was severely wounded by Basov and left at the foot of the central tower. Crawling inside, Kalaki fell into time portal and was transported into the future. Arriving on Eternia, when King He-Man ruled the land and his son there wielded the power sword. Forced to serve on an aging beastman in this new time, Goldman is forever following whatever evil orders he is given. Okay. <laughs> A little comedy. Uh, it's a bit sad.
1: Yeah, I actually feel bad for Goatman now.
3: <laughs> We've got this satanic-looking character. <laughs> He's pretty much Beastman's gopher. You know what, it's sad, because this guy had more potential to
0: me. At very best, I would have used him as an army builder. So this is the race of Goatmen
3: who obeys Skeletons. But no, he obeys Beastman! <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's like having. Oh, sorry, I'm that's sorry. like having the most incompetent of of all Snake Mountain, of everyone in Snake Mountain. It's like all everyone in Snake Mountain reports to Skeletor. Goldman. Nope, he has to go through Beastman to get to Skeletor. It's like the joke. What's worse than being
0: the dumbest guy in the group? Being the assistant to the dumbest.
1: <laughs> I feel bad because this is our only Golden Book character we're getting, and. They didn't give him any respect as being the only character from
3: any of the books that they could do. And seriously, this guy looks like the freaking devil, and what do they do? <laughs> they, they make him the unpaid intern. Not even an intern. And the worst part is, uh, um, I mean, the slave of Beastman. Not only that, he just gets stuffed into the future, like, finally, I'm free from Beastman. Glacky, is that you? Uh,
1: Bring my Alka
3: seltzer I need something to get rid of this
1: headache! It's almost like I want to get up a no fam
0: shirt. Well, let me ask somebody. Um, did any of you look at the, uh, golden book? I've been looking through my
1: library to see if I still had it. And I haven't come across it yet.
0: I haven't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't recall this guy. I don't, I, was, I wanted to know what happened in that book. Because I, I don't know I anything.
3: that he served Skeleton. That's all I know, but... Yeah, I don't
0: know anything of this, so... I don't know. I mean, like, what does he do in the storyline and all that? It might warrant, it. that might justify this, but... I'm kind of like, this guy's too badass to be... The psychic psychic. At the very best, I mean, at very worst, I, I saw him as, like, a thug. Or, best, maybe a rival to Beastman. Beastman's whooping come on I'm trying to see
1: if I can find anything online...
3: Maybe the bio team didn't like the golden books. Well, you know which way. You know, bios are just suggestions. Until they're made official canon in the movie or the next cartoon, but that's another rant for another day. Okay, uh,
1: he, he was in The Secret of the Dragon's Egg Golden Book as one of the laziest characters in history. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: really? Dang. So they actually... Hey, let's take over Uh Sure thing, bossman. Let's go! Goldman! Oh, I hate Mondays. Let me eat some lasagna.
1: Uh, basically, that's what it's saying. Even the few, uh, little things that I'm finding on there. Even on the Golden Books site, it's only a little blurb.
0: Wow. I'm I'm (laughs) just
3: done. (laughs) 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 The guy's so heavy metal looking and then... Uh, he's just There's lazy. more about tr- him on
1: the forums trying to figure out what he is than what the book says. It, basically the book portrays him as a lazy character. And that's sad.
0: Wow. Okay, I, I can't believe they actually moved the <laughs> bio. <laughs> Disappointment, thy name is Goatman. <laughs> uh, you know, I know we're talking about the bio things and all that, but. I still go on the record saying it was a mistake having (laughs) fun.
3: Yeah, they should have been like, who is this guy? What does he do? Who is this girl? What does she do? That's it. No. Yeah, the dawn of the second ultimate battleground. Bo woke up and found a magic arrow and he shot Orko and that made him kill all the snake men. There you go. It's both small.
0: Or just, you know, yeah, exactly. Just talk about their powers or even like. Do the original I mean somebody do original designs like the artwork they used to do. Like have Goatman with Beast Man fighting Mechanic and, yeah. and Buzzle. Dude, that's creepy. I was about to say Mechanic and Bazo Still, you know, just you know, they just, Axel could have gotten these done. In no time, but, well, it's too late now. We got the files, But, yeah, they should have just stuck to their powers, and that's all. And they killed some of these guys. Okay, description of
1: The Secret of the Dragon's Egg. This was one of the super adventure golden books, so it was a paperback. After searching for many, many years, Fisto and Strider returned to the palace with the fruits of their search, the Dragon's Box. According to Fisto, contained within the box is a map to the last dragon's egg. Unfortunately for the heroes, a spy bat is watching over their every move, as both sides are interested in getting the egg first. They all split up, since there are three possible locations. Anyway, both force fight forces fight for the egg, but it ends up that Skeletor's crystal ball is actually it. As He-Man charges him, At Snake Mountain, Skeletor drops the ball, and the baby dragon suddenly emerges from it. Out of nowhere, its mother arrives as well, and Skeletor, interested only in surviving, ends up ducking in a hole in the ground which leads to the series of underground caverns, which ends up keeping the dragon box as a momentum for a great adventure. This book is also the one and thankfully only appearance of Goatman. Wow. If there had ever produced that figure, it surely would have taken some heat off of spout. That is according to the org's database on all their, all the different media. It does not say which person uh, wrote this description. But it was Issue 7 out of 12 of the Super Adventures. And thank you, He-Man.org, for your great resources. But yowch. I feel, I feel uh, bad about the
2: guy. Uh, the book is on he
1: Yeah. It's just not in order. Uh. Mm, yeah. It's one of those, you've got to read the bottom, and it's not every page. It doesn't look like every page is there.
2: Um, I think there is, but some are double pages and they are, <laughs> no, nope order. No. Oh, and so that's something know? that ribbon.org does. This software does it. I've downloaded, uploaded some Finnish comics and I've, I uploaded them in order and then they are just in very different order when, when I look.
1: Yeah, I think it's, that uh, bulletin software that's being used by a couple of different forums that I noticed it on. So if you want a good read, head over. It is there. I mean, this way you don't have to go on eBay and pay the $7 for the book.
3: But you could if you want to.
1: So it looks like Mattel tried to do the best with their source material.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, was there you know, I'm not that familiar with Golden, but I don't think there was any other real design except the, uh, Skeleton Warriors. The Skeletons. Or the Skeletons. Yeah. Which is a shame, because Skeletor does need an army builder to see them.
3: I mean, Randor has an army builder. Everybody uh, has an army builder but Skeletor. And the Rebellion. Those are the only two factions <laughs> that <laughs> don't have army builders.
1: Really did have, even in the cartoon, never really had something as an army builder. It's called peasants.
3: <laughs> yeah, we need a we need a peasant ten pack. <laughs> M- well, male peasants. Female peasants. He did I'm,
0: in the two thousand X. He had those bone warriors. Yeah, and he's those thing.
1: robot warriors in
0: the filmation. Which I can see why, you know, people may not want you know, I know people want them, but I, I they just don't look skeletal or villain, you know, minions, you know.
1: See, to me, I could see them doing a two-pack with the Skeleton Warrior and the Filmation Robot and selling it as Skeletor's army builders. So you satisfy both niches.
0: It would have been great, but uh, I think that... I my things a lot all that. Yeah, I think that way it's gone. I, don't, I think the day of two-packs are fading away.
1: Yeah. Unless they can do a two-pack, like our next set of bios,
3: I guess. Yeah, something like that. So which one are we starting off with? Uh, someone else reads Cowl Aldu Luki. Lady's choice.
1: Cowl, the know-it-all of Etheria, is a great friend and ally to Shira. He can answer all the questions asked of him. After his tribe was attacked by the Horde invader, invaders, he allied with the Great Rebellion. And in particular, his close friend, Bo. He's, I mean, not much is there for his bias. He is the know-it-all and also the biggest coward
3: of the rebellion. He'll tell you what to do, how to do it from a mile away. And he's Bo's special friend that I, I don't mean special friend, like Bo's a special friend. I mean, like, he's like Cal, Cal is Bo's BFF. Best friend yeah. forever. There we go.
1: Yeah, cause Cowell got lucky. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> and a cousin that he wants to kill. I mean, it's not too bad. I mean, there wasn't much that they could say about Cowell. That's pretty much straight from his toy bio. I mean, the only good thing is he is coming with a
3: stand so he can fly, appear to be flying or hovering. <laughs> or standing in an invisible, fo- in an invisible pillar, and with a big black base at the bottom, yeah. But this bio is the most vanilla bio of all vanilla bios in classics, period. And there is a nod to the action figure with the whole, he can answer all questions asked to him. Yes, his stomach did open up
1: and say yes, no, maybe. It was the magic eight ball of the (laughs) B2
3: world. Must resist urge to say that we should put Cal on the Ask Maddie section of the forums. Hmm.
1: (laughs) But it is another bland bio. But like I said, there wasn't much I could really say about
3: him. Sometimes he's yellow, sometimes he's orangey, sometimes...
1: It depends on (laughs) if you wanted him vintage or filmation. You have the yellow, which is the blah, or the chocolate version, Filmation.
3: And sometimes, sometimes he likes to surround himself with weapons that he is unable to use as a joke. to the whole weapons pack Cal thing. You know what's the sad part? The sad part is Cal got a bio, but Adam and Cringer did not. But yeah. Let's. Uh, but he's packed with a pervert. Yeah, let's let's get Luki out of the way, Gus. I know a few Princess of Power fans are a bit enraged towards this bio. Luki hides and sees all in Etheria. Real name Petrot Edeltran <laughs> Before I start before I start reading seriously bio writing theme Luki real name perhaps Lu I think that
1: was his European name. I know uh it was brought up on the Maddie forums. If that asking was that from his European release and that, we, that was left blank.
3: So maybe if any fan would care to enlighten us, if Luki had his name in the in any of the European versions as the trot trend, please drop a line at facebook.com slash TGR club and let us know. Cause seriously, I have no idea what's going on with the real names, in this case, Luki's. Okay, so let's let's read on the rest of this bio. Luki is a humorous Aetherian cherub imp from deep within the Whispering Woods. He travels th- throughout Aetheria and watches out for Shira and her friends. He's always on the side of the forces of good, yet never participates in an open conflict. His powers were bestowed to him by Light Hope, allowing him to hide out and alert his friends to danger. He enjoys telling stories with morals to ensure a tale's full value and clarity is understood by all. Watch out, you never know where he might be hiding. I know this
1: bio was written before Filmation rights. Scott did say that. That's why they called him a cherub instead of a species. We know he does get involved in a few conflicts because he had an episode dedicated to him.
3: And the picture they use for Luki is the one where he looks dazed and confused from Luki lends a hand when he lands on top of Skeletor. So
1: yeah, and then and also you have i I'm trying to remember the other one that he was involved in. Uh,
3: Luki's Sweetie. Sweetheart,
1: where we got to see the whole tribe.
3: And we saw one of Luki's people with with a huge mustache, and we saw a girl Luki and stuff. And
1: yeah, even he got
3: lucky. We're both. <laughs> <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Everyone gets lucky except Bo. Even spot gets some.
1: That's right. I mean uh, that's
3: sad. I know people have complained about the conceal thing that it's his whole species that can do the whole concealing thing. But that's but the-
1: a nod to filmation. He always hid it was a supposed to be a game for the girls to play while watching the cartoon. Go spot lucky. Where is he
3: hiding? And I know most adults go like, Hey,
2: sweet Loki, did you see where I was hiding?
3: No, you annoying, judgmental squirrel, shut the heck up. (laughs) But the only thing that felt a bit tacked on was the whole he enjoys telling stories with morals to ensure a tale's full body and clarity is understood by all. Especially Glimmer. She is dumb. Well, we know
0: that.
1: But that goes again to his nod to the filmation. Cause he always did tell the moral at the end of the story.
3: Yeah, I, I know, I know why it's being done, but it feels a bit, a bit tacked on. Like both absolute heterosexuality, like it's hammered on through the entire bio. Like both straight, both straight, both straight. I hear the whole thing. Like I know it's just a simple sentence, but well, two sentences. Cause the first sentence is the holy enjoys sailing stories. With, to ensure that the full value and clarity is understood by all, then the whole thing that he's hiding. It's like. Yes, we get it. He's at the end of every Flamation episode. But again, aside the whole discrepancies with Flamation canon, it's another vanilla bio, so... There was nothing really important to add here aside the whole weirdo real name thing. That scares me. I wonder what will be Madame Razzle's real name. Razzle Dazzle.
1: Oh wait, that would make too much sense. I'm I'm saying Paula. Paula Raz. I'm gonna her bio. They're gonna mention her ex.
0: I would just settle for she forgot. <laughs> Actually, that would be a really
3: funny real name. She forgot. <laughs> Come on, she's older than old. Oh, Grandmère, I'm, I'm the second oldest being in the universe. Madame Raz beats me by three months. <laughs> What's her real name? Uh, I never have. Yeah, but Luki's bio, well, eh. It's one of those things like, goes into the recycling bin, that's it, call it a day.
1: It's almost like they just got lazy with the newer characters from the filmation that they could get.
3: Yeah, I mean, you see, Kyle Luki, you don't see enough love in the bio like, say, Nepfu. Now, that's the guy who got a lot of love in the bio. Well, come on, they had to do something to spice up that one. Now we need more bios reveal that uh, I can't wait to read Battle Lions. Real name, uh, no idea what they're, they're gonna call them cause, but it would be interesting. I, I think, I think Extender actually had a real name in one of the mini comics. I think it was like Doodon or something. So don't be surprised if Extender's real name is Doodon or I think it was called Doodon.
0: Yeah, Extendar had a very thorough, uh, bio. Which him and, uh, uh Dragstore are tidying.
1: So we have to wait and see on his bio. But I think the n- next time we're going to be talking about the comics. Because we do have a good DC Motu that came out. And we should be getting another, uh, edition of Motu soon. Uh. Okay, so I guess we'll wrap it up, and we'll see everyone in two weeks.
3: Yeah, we're pretty much done, so yeah, let's let's wrap this up, and hopefully, oh my gosh, now that I think of it, wait, wait, next week, next week is the ninth. Right. Then it says the, then says sixteen. The next
1: one we're talking, we could be saying if Pop went through
3: or didn't go through. Yeah. Not only that, but people may be getting their unnamed ones. Oh, that's right! And we, thought, we may even we may even get to do his bio. Uh, we have to
1: have a also the joke bio ready on the deck of Uno cards. Yeah,
0: Mattel sent me a deck of Uno cards and boy am <laughs> I!
1: <laughs> I mean, we should have that ready. I mean, I could do a whole video unwrapping
0: of the unnamed uh, one and pulling up that Uno deck. Well, not to spoil it, see? people are exciting like, to comment. It's not Orko. I want to know! No, but Dor-Ko, the figure is it's not... not Dor-Ko. The unnamed one is not Orko.
1: There, well, we said there was a, looked like another figure underneath.
3: No, it's it, a head. It's a head and uh, I think the stand. In any case, we'll just have to wait and see until the figure comes out. And so, only a few more weeks. And then Hydron! I, <laughs> I'm, I, more excited, I'm more excited for well, Hydron. Well, whoop-de-doo, you! Because you, you know, the rest of us don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, he's the scuba guy. Dude, it's the scuba guy! Who needs his scuba t- suit in outer space. Well, it's either that or the emo trollin. So it's like the scuba guy or the emo trolen. Hmm.
1: Okay, join us next time for another great episode of Council of the First Ones. I'm Kelly, wishing you a good journey. I'm
2: Renee. Good journey. I'm Yoni. Good journey.
1: And I'm with Glimmer. Good journey.